about everlasting life. Jesus tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die after death, the judgment. We are going to spend eternity somewhere. Amen. Eternity is for a long, long time, folks. Amen. I said eternity is for a long, long time. Amen. So when the enemy tries to tempt you to drag you out, you remember what eternity is. Amen. It's for a long, long time. And we're going to spend it somewhere or other. The choice is not the pastor's, not my choice. Uh, the choice is our choice, your choice. Where you spend eternity is not your husband's, not your wife. It's not your children. It's not your neighbor's. Sadly to say, a lot of people are using these excuses, uh, but they will not work when we stand before the throne of judgment. Amen? Amen. He said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Amen. we got to make up our mind. Amen. I said, we got to make up our mind. Amen. We can't allow the things of this world to distract us from the world we're headed. Amen. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am there, you can be. If you choose it, you can be. But if you don't choose it, I'm sad to say you're going to lose out on an eternity of life, a peace of joy and happiness. Amen. And the option is not very good. I said the option is not very good. The Bible says hell is enlarging itself every day. Every day somebody is lost into eternal hell. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be a part of it. Amen. I don't know about you, but I come to fight the powers of hell today. I come to warn those who are not ready, get ready, because Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The hour's short. It's almost a midnight hour. The cry is about to go forth. And if you're not ready, you don't need to walk out this building today without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have been born again. Amen, amen, amen. Our, our, our lesson text is found in John the third chapter reading from verse 1 through 21. Quite a bit of reading, but I have got a lot of scriptures. I'm going to try to get through this today. Amen. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, listen, Jesus didn't fool around, did he? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, because you know why? He already knew what that man needed before that man ever got there. He knows what you and I need before we ever got here today. Amen. So it's saying, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man. Somebody say except. There is no other excuse. There's no other way. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It can't get any plainer than that. Amen. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? I don't know about you, but I was ignorant when I come to church that first time. 
I didn't know how to get saved. I didn't know what the Holy Ghost was about. But that's what this house is made for. Amen. When we gather together on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, we come to learn about God. Amen. And if we're not ever coming to the house of God, we'll never know about God. Amen. But the more we come and the more we uh, uh, receive the teaching and the more we hear about God, the more we're going to know about God. I don't know about you. I want to know about God. I got to know what I got to do to get ready to go. Oh, come on, I can't wait till tomorrow to try to find out uh, because the day is a day of salvation. Not uh, the, the day is appointed in the accepted time, not tomorrow, not next week or whenever I get ready. Jesus is ready for you today. He's already paid the debt that you owed. Amen. I owed a debt I couldn't pay, brother. Amen. But today Jesus has paid that debt for me. I have no excuse. If I miss heaven, I have no excuse. Jesus answered and said, Verily they I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it liest, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot uh, tell from whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and know not these things? Um, you know, there's people who've been sitting in church all their lives and they still don't know what it means to be born again. Come on, I said there's people sitting in church all their lives and they've got a form of godliness, but they don't have the power of God to get them up out of here. I want something to get me up over of my pew. I want something down inside of me that's going to light a fire. Hallelujah. That's going to make me rise up. When Jesus calls out, he's going to call out Holy Ghost. And if we're not born again out of the water and of the spirit, we're not going to go. I told somebody, we're going to be like a firecracker that's without a fuse. All we're going to do is sizzle. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we, that, that we do know and testify that we have seen. And you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man had ascended up into heaven, but he that is come down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And I don't have time to go into that uh, back in the Old Testament where they had to put a snake up because that was what was destroying him. And they had to look on that thing to ever be healed from the from the plague of sin. Amen. And verse fifteen: That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish 
but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. So don't let the devil think we're condemning you today if we preach the truth to you. Whatever I must do to be saved, let me be saved. Amen. Preach it, preacher. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but that, but the, he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light. Don't preach to me. Don't tell me how to live. Why would they say that? Because they love darkness rather than they love light. Light my fire. Light my path, Lord, that I can see the way. Jesus said, my word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. Amen. It is a light for me to follow. Hallelujah. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither had a... a Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifested, that they are wrought in God. He already knows all about me anyway. I ain't hiding from God. I said, I ain't hiding from God. Amen. So I might as well confess I am a sinner and I need to be saved. Lord, forgive me of my sins and wash me in the blood. God bless you. you may be seated this morning. Amen. A little bit of history on Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin, the highest governing Jewish religious authority. He was a, a conservative Jew who believed in the strict adherence to the law of Moses, the average Jewish citizen, uh, uh, whatever that word is, they reverend the Pharisees because of the sect's religious piety. Unlike the Sadducees, the ruler, uh, the ruling Jewish party of Jesus' day, the Pharisee believed in God's supernatural intervention in the world including the existence of angels and, and the, uh, a future resurrection in Acts 23 and 8 gives us a scripture on that. It is, like, it is likely Nicodemus approached Jesus at night because he didn't want his fellow Pharisees to know about the visit. Most of the other Sanhedrin members hated Jesus because he wasn't afraid uh, uh, to confront their hypocrisy with truth. The Sanhedrin would later condemn Jesus to death, Matthew 26 and 66. The nighttime setting of Nicodemus' visit symbolized the spiritual darkness that prevailed, uh, pervaded God's people in that time. When it, uh, when it came to comprehending spiritual truth, Nicodemus and the most of his countrymen were in darkness. But Jesus, the light of the world, John 9 and 5, was 
are about to illuminate Nicodemus's understanding. Jesus said, in, or John said in 9 and 5, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen. So there would be no excuse. There was no excuse uh, for, for Nicodemus. There was no excuse for anybody else because Jesus has come into the, the world to be that light. And then he said, ye are the light. When he was taken up, he gave us the light to be that example that he was so as that the world could see him through us. Amen. After 2,000 years uh, of this gospel be, uh, being preached, uh, many are still in darkness today. You think about it. The light's been shining for a long, long time. It's been over 2,000 years and Jesus has gone away, but he's coming back again. But all that time, the light has been shining for everybody that's ever been born on the face of the earth. The light is going to shine upon them one day. They're going to feel the knock on the door. They're going to feel the tug on the heart. They're going to feel. They're going to feel the convicting spirit, the drawing spirit of God to draw them to Him. But it's going to be left up to them, just like it was Nicodemus to come to Jesus. Even though Nicodemus came by night. It doesn't matter. He was hungry for something that he knew that Jesus had. He knew Jesus had power. He knew Jesus was a higher authority. There was something about him that was drawing Nicodemus back. I never will forget the first time I stepped in that old Pentecostal church. It wasn't nothing beautiful about the church, but it was what was inside the church that drew me back. Amen. I didn't go there to stay brother Paul I didn't go there all effort to get salvation I went there to see what those folks were doing amen but while I was there hallelujah something got a hold of me hallelujah I couldn't explain it but all I know is it wanted it made me want to come back again hallelujah I didn't accept him the first time nor the second time but I kept getting hungrier and hungrier, moving a little closer and a little closer. Amen. And pretty soon I just fell right into the arms of the master. Hallelujah. And he changed my life. He took away the old desire. He put a new hungering down in there. Amen. I didn't want to go where I used to go. I didn't want to talk like I used to talk. I didn't want to look like I used to look I begin to look at the church and the way they dressed and the way they acted because they were my example and I begin to pattern my life after the church because they walked after God Church, you better be careful how you change your standards. You better be careful how you change your dress code. You better be careful of how you walk because somebody's watching you and you might be a stumbling block if you begin to change in this last day. If we want to change like the world today, it's because we're not praying and seeking God with all of our heart. 
We've lost contact. We've lost a grip on our first love. But he told the church in Revelation, you better get back to your first love because if you don't, I'm going to withdraw my candlestick from you. Your light ain't going to be shining. There's people that need to hear this message today because their, their light has become dim. Amen. And it's not shining like it used to be. If my light's not shining like it used to be, I want somebody, I want my pastor, I want somebody to say, Brother Rhodes, your light's not shining like it used to be. I don't know what's going on with you. I'm here to tell you I love you, but I just want you to know you better put some oil in that vessel so and turn it up again. You better cut off that old wick amen and get it trimmed up because if you don't I'm afraid your light is about to go out hallelujah and it's almost my God my God it's almost a midnight hour I can't afford my light to go I can't afford my light to go out I come too far to look back now It is clear from Nicodemus's opening statement that he was he, he that he possessed some measure of faith in Jesus's word and works. He began by saying, "Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him." Remember that we're nothing without God. This seed is of faith. The seed of faith drew Nicodemus to Jesus. He did not fully understand who Jesus was or what he, was, what he had come to do, but Nicodemus recognized there is something special about the Lord. Matthew 5 and 6 said, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The Spirit was drawing him, and it created a hunger for more. An example of that is we are drawn to the smell of food. But if we don't partake of it, it will do us no good. It's not the drawing or the smelling that will satisfy me, but it is the partaking. Let me say that again. It's not the drawing that's going to satisfy me. It's not the smell that's going to satisfy me. I could have walked out that old church house and never been a partaker of it and I would have been lost on my way to hell. But I sat down at the master's table and I partook of what God had for me and he began to feed me for they that hunger and thirst that the righteousness they shall be filled. You've got to have a hungering and sometimes we as Christians lose our desire to pull up around the master's table. But when you find yourself drawing away, I, I ask you to please get another grip and say, I'm hungry. i got to have something to eat. I ain't going to sit here and dry up. I'm going to make my way to the master's table. People have literally been 
stopped on that highway right outside our door by the Holy Ghost and brought into this house. God stopped them and brought them in here for a purpose. But it was left up to them to partake of what God had for them when he stopped them. He didn't just stop them out there for no reason at all. He had a reason. You are here by divine reason today. You are here because you needed to hear a word from the Lord. And the Lord's got a word for you. They that hunger and thirst shall be filled. As Jesus so often did in the gospel accounts, he cut straight right to the heart of the matter. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus had not asked to be born again. I didn't go there to be saved. He didn't possess enough spiritual knowledge, uh, uh, spiritual understanding to even form that question. But Jesus knew what Nicodemus really needed. And he pointed to the and he pointed the conversation in the direction, in that direction. John later recorded that there were other chief rulers there who believed on Jesus, but listen to this. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. I wonder how many people today is not serving God. They want to, but because of their friends. Or the husband. Or the wife. Jesus said, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what have you prospered? That husband, that wife, those friends ain't going to pull you out of the clutches of hell. And they're not going to keep you from going before the judgment throne of God. Amen. So we better think about it. Who should we love more? The Lord or the world? The Lord or my wife? The Lord or my husband? The Lord or my children? He said, unless you forsake all and follow me, you ain't even worthy to be one of mine. God don't want to be second best. He don't want to be down the road when we just need him. He wants to be first in our lives. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These other things going to be added unto you. Brother, I have never, ever went one day without being blessed by God. He might not have given me what I asked for yesterday, but he woke me up this morning. He's still putting breath in my, in my body. He put food on my table. He put a roof over my head. I can still come to the church today and worship in freedom. I can shout if I want to. I can run if I want to. I can do whatever my spirit tells me to do for Jesus today. I'm not bound, amen. He broke the chains off of me. He set me free. Don't sit around and cry out. Well, God hasn't answered my prayer. God hasn't done this or that or the other. Think about what God has done for you and begin to rejoice in that. And I'm sure the rest of it's going to come.
is going to come. He said he would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Nicodemus responded to Jesus with a question. How? Unlike the critics of Christianity who have ridiculed the claims of Jesus throughout the centuries, Nicodemus was not a scoffer. He was a sincere seeker who wouldn't let momentary confusion dissuade him or discourage him from push, pushing through. Sometimes we just have to push through the many naysayers. The critics, along with all the false prophets that Jesus said would be here. If we really want the truth, John 8 and 32, Jesus said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I started in a church, and I'm not naming denominations because I know no matter who we are or where we are at, God can give us truth if we're hungry. But I knew not long after I was there that I, there was more. They didn't have what I was looking for. There was something deeper. So I just began to follow the Spirit. And after a few years, I ended up in, a, in another church. And I got, that's where I got the Holy Ghost. But still, there was something missing. I just didn't have what I knew God had for me. I, I'd repented. I was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I had received the Holy Ghost. As much as I knew I was saved. Don't get quiet on me. Y'all look at me really funny now. I did. I would have argued you up and down that I was saved and ready to go. And I believe I was because I knew all I knew to do. But God wasn't going to take me because I wasn't where God wanted me at yet. So I kept hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And that's when he led me here some 30-something years ago. And I sit on a pew and I listened. I didn't get up and run because somebody preached something I didn't agree with. I sit there and listen. And then I'd get the word and I'd rightly divide. He said, study the word to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. So I begin to dig. You know, anybody that's hungry is going to get, they're going to walk around that old kitchen. They're going to look over mama's neck and say, how much longer, you know? I'm, I'm starving. They're going to, and then when the, her back's turned, they're going to reach in there and Grab them a little and put it. I know, ain't none of y'all ever done that, have you? I can see innocence wrote all over your face. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire. <laughs> Amen. So that's the way it is with Jesus. Don't be satisfied. I don't care if you've been in this church for 50 years. Don't get satisfied. Well, what you God, hunger for more. There is more. There's an everlasting. He said there shall be rivers of living water and a flow up out of you, my God. Every time we get to the Word and we begin to study it and we begin to rightly divide it, and something begins to happen, Brother Paul. It begins to become like a river and you never seem to get to the end of it. That's, why, that's the reason why it is a river that has no end. It is ever flowing. 
Don't just get your ankles out there. Ezekiel said, wait out a little deeper. I got my knees wet. Well, that ain't deep enough. Wait out a little deeper. I got my loins wet. Wait out a little deeper. Wait out a little deeper. After a while, he says, I was in water I could swim in. That's where God wants you. He wants you to start paddling. Upstream, downstream, it don't matter. You just start paddling and get more of God. I got to hurry. I got, I don't even know where I was at. He was a, thank you, Brother Russell. He was a sincere seeker. Jesus offered comfort and assurance to all who approach God in prayer. Your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you even ask Him. Matthew 6 and 8. This is good news because, uh, this is good news. Because most of us don't even really know what we need. Like Nicodemus, we may come to Jesus with a certain purpose in mind, hoping to receive a particular answer, but because he knoweth both our thoughts and our deepest need, he can redirect us to what is truly important. Come on, folks. Thank God we got a God that will point us down the right direction. He don't just give us all of our wants. He said, I'll supply your need. Come on, because our wants gets us over our heads sometime. And we can't get out. But if we'll listen to God, God will supply our need. And you won't have no want. When you get satisfied with your needs, you won't have a want because God is going to be there before you ever ask. And the needs are going to be met. What a mighty God we serve. We can confidently approach the Lord in prayer and offer Him our questions and doubts. Aren't you glad for that? We can also express our emotions. Aren't you glad for that? Confessing that we may not even understand why we feel the way we do. Amen. Sometimes we question God. Lord, I'm not feeling you. And it may be not on your part at all. But the devil will tell you it is. But sometimes we got growing spells. You know, we got pains growing up as kids. And, and mom and daddy look at it and she said, oh, I've got a pain here. And they look at you and say, well, wait till you get 50 and 60. Then you come back and tell me about it. Just another little growing pain you got, honey. Go on. It'll be okay. Be okay. I mean, that's what Jesus tells us when we're in that old valley. Or trial or test. He said, it'll be okay, honey. Just keep growing. Well, Jesus, you don't understand. <laughs> of all the people we would tell that didn't understand. <laughs> Come tell Brother Anthony, and he might not understand, but don't tell God. He don't understand. He knows it. <laughs> Woo. Jesus described himself Jesus described himself as he which searches the reins and the heart. That's a terrifying realization for those who are bent toward evil, but a comfort to anyone who sincerely seeks him but does not know how to pray. Paul also assured us we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which not cannot be 
uttered, Romans 8 and 26. But it's clear from the context or the lesson, the lesson text that we've studied in today of this conversation that Jesus was referring to, to water baptism, when he said we must be born of the water. The opening chapter of John's gospel included a discussion between John the Baptist and the representatives sent from the Pharisees about the importance of water and Holy Spirit baptism. John the Baptist was baptizing his followers in the Jordan River, John 1 and 28, 31 and 33. I don't have time to read all these, so I'm calling them out so you can read them if you want to later. But he received a supernatural sign that Jesus was the Son of God in John 1 and 34, who would baptize with the Holy Ghost, Matthew 3 and 11. I will read this, one of my favorite scriptures. But he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and and fire. Anybody got any fire? I got fire. I'm not ashamed of it. I got fire. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of it. I got fire. Hallelujah. 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 Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell somebody about it. Brother Grisham, not everybody wants to hear, but somebody will. Just keep telling it. Just keep telling it. I give my testimonies a lot of time, and you probably heard it multiple times, but guess what? You're going to hear it again if Jesus don't come because he said by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony, I am made an overcomer. Hallelujah. If you want to overcome something, begin to give God glory for what he has done for you. We all get in in the valley and we all feel sorry for ourselves sometimes. But that's exactly where the devil wants to keep you. And he will keep pushing you down, 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 down. But sometimes we got to reach up when we hit that bottom and take a hold of that same bill scored hand that was there when we was a dirty, rotten sinner. That same God is still there. And you know what? He said, my arm is not sharp that it cannot save, and neither my ear heavy that it does not hear. He hears us. He may not have answered yet, but just be comforted by the fact that he's heard you. Amen. Just like he told Daniel, I heard you the first time you prayed. But there's been a war going on. Me, hell's been fighting with Gabriel. Amen. He's been fighting with Michael. Excuse me. All these spirits have been coming against them, and they've been fighting the war trying to get the answer back. If you could only... What's going on there? You will know what it would be a warfare. But the Bible says the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty through God to 
strongholds. I'm going to pull down the strongholds of the devil. He ain't going to get the victory over me. He ain't going to have my joy. He's not going to get my peace. He's not going to have my family. He's not going to have my brother, my sister because my weapons is not corner. I'm in a spiritual battle. I put on the whole armor of God and I shall be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How many times do we get up in the morning before the day begins and say, Lord, I'm putting on the whole armor before I ever get started. From the top of my head, the devil ain't going to get my head today. I'm putting on the armor. He ain't going to get in my heart today because I'm covering it. He ain't going to get on my loins today. I ain't toting him around no more. I'm girting up my loins with truth. Amen. I ain't going where he wants me to go. I'm going to shod my, my feet with the preparation of the gospel. And above all, I'm going to take the shield of faith whereby I shall be able to quench all of the fiery God. Somebody say all of them. All of them. Not just part of them. I'm going to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I, and then I'm going to take the, the sword of the spirit. How many knows what the sword is? It is the word of God. It will it will pierce down to the heart. It gets down into the dividings of thunder of soul, mind, and body. It will go deep in there. It will plug the devil. Amen. It will cut him asunder. Hallelujah. Upon this rock, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Immediately following this conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus and his followers went into the land of Judea and baptized. John 3, 22 and also John 3, 25 and 26 gives, given the many New Testament statements and examples stressing the importance of water baptism in Jesus' name, it is imperative we obey Jesus, his commandment to be born of the water. If we want to enter into God's kingdom. If you want to go, you got to go down. You got to die. You got to be buried. And then you're going to be brought up out of that water, resurrected into a new life. And then he's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire that you will be able to stand. He said, I'm going to give you power. You receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. And in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. Yes, we couldn't make it without the power. Sadly, many faithful religious People are still in the dark about water and spirit baptisms and have never personally experienced what Jesus described. Human intelligence is not sufficient to comprehend spiritual truths. As Paul would later write in 1 Corinthians 1 and 21, the, word, the world by wisdom knew not God. That remains the case today. Human wisdom will not produce supernatural results. That's why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2 and 45, Amen. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit 
and a power that your faith should not stand in wisdom of man, but in the power of God. We've got to stand in the power of God, not by our own intellect, our own wisdom, our own knowledge. But we've got to stand in the power of God. The good news is that salvation does not require great intellect. The only requirement is obedient faith. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached the necessity of both water baptism in the name of Jesus and then filling of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38, approximately 3,000 souls or people received his word. Say, received his word. And were baptized. Today we can believe we can uh, believe and obey the word of Jesus to Nicodemus and the witnesses of the apostles and the experiences firsthand what it was like to be born again, water and spirit. Amen. When the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Acts 2 and 2. The wind of the Spirit produced another sound, the voice of believers speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The 120 believers who had gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem in obedience to Christ's command, Luke 24 and 49, were the first to experience the new birth Jesus had described to Nicodemus. But they were not the last. And I want to read a bunch of scripture. Because y'all don't mind. You know, this word is what we're founded upon. What we stand upon. Acts, the first one is found in Acts, the second chapter, verses 37. Some of you may have heard this before. I don't know. But we're going to go over it again. And maybe you'll, maybe it'll bring it to, back to your remembrance. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are far off. That didn't leave anybody out. That, that means all of us. We can all have the same Holy Ghost that they got on the day of Pentecost. Amen. It's not just for a certain few, even though you are a chosen generation. But he said, you're chosen for one reason, and that's that you should show forth the praises of him who have brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen. Brother Jason, I'm glad that God brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light that I can show forth the praises of him who has brought me out. Hallelujah. I got something to shout about. Amen. I said I got something to shout about because he brought me out of darkness darkness and it brought me into the marvelous light my eyes were open and I was telling you my story of where I started from and where I am to, or where I had ended up and been here for 30 something years you know what I've never wanted to go anywhere else 
You want to know why? Because I found what I was looking for right here. The fullness of the truth. I had part of it, but I didn't have the fullness of it. I, there was something, you know, and, and how many is ever sitting at the table and there's a little nudge in there and said, oh, you just go back and get a little bit more. That's what I kept feeling. Go back. There's some more. Don't, don't settle for what you got. Be thankful for what you got. And just, just keep hungering and thirsting because if you'll let me, I'll lead you. I'll guide you. And you know what? He does it in some of the most peculiar ways that we just don't even believe it's God. But don't worry about it. Just let God lead you because he knows right where he wants to put you. And when he puts you there, unless you get all riled up about something, you won't never want to leave again. But if you get riled up about something, you need to pray over it and get through it and let God keep on a blessing you. Oh, some of you didn't like that. Let me say it again. If you get your feathers all riled up about the truth, then you need a new killing and a refilling and let God do it all over again. Amen. Where you'll have the joy of the Lord again. There's an old evil spirit flying around out there that wants to light on anybody that will let it. And it's called the spirit of disobedience, of rebellion. Don't tell me what to do. Well, let me tell you. Just go ahead and let old rebellion have its way. But one day when God's mercy turns into wrath, he's going to tell you which road to take. I won't go no further. I got a lesson to finish. I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm, I think I got 10 more minutes. Amen. Let me go on. I got a lot of reading. Anybody love the Lord in this place today? And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself. Are y'all listening to me? Save yourself. We got to work it out with fear and trembling. Not an evil Spirit of disobedience. And with many other words, he did testify and exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly, somebody say gladly, gladly received his word, because everybody ain't going to gladly receive it. But those that gladly received it were baptized. And the same day they were added unto, the, unto them about 3,000 souls. And they did what? Somebody say it a little louder. They continued. How did they continue? They had continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking bread and having favor with all men. Come on, it's not just being baptized in water. It's not just repenting. It's not just getting filled with the Holy Ghost. That's just the beginning. But you got to continue in this thing. If you don't continue in it, you'll never learn anything about it. 
I said, if you don't continue in it, you'll never learn anything about it. All you're going to do is just get baptized and go on your merry way, and that ain't enough. We got to continue in it. Hallelujah. The Bible says, they that will endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. The end is not here yet. It's pretty close. I ain't giving up now. I done come too far to look back. Amen. I've climbed a lot of high mountains and I've crossed a little, lot of little streams. But I see old Jordan and it's fixing to start rolling back for me. Ooh, yes, it is, church. Hallelujah. We headed the last mile of the way and I ain't turning around now. Somebody said, I ain't turning around now. Oh, Lord, the pastor just entered in. i got to hurry. <laughs> Amen. Okay. The next one is Acts 8, 14 through 17. I know it's a lot of scripture, but I have to read them. Okay. Four, Acts 8, chapter 14 and 17. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard the Samaritans had received the word of the Lord, they sent unto them Peter and John, whom... When they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was not fallen on none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. How were they baptized? And then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody said they received the Holy Ghost just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Let's look at 10 and 44. While Peter, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. Somebody say all of them. Which heard the word. When they were, and they of the uncircumcised which believed were, as, were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles, don't be surprised who he pours out the Holy Ghost on. Because he's poured it out on all flesh. Amen. Praise God. Also was poured out the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues. Somebody said they spoke in tongues. And they magnified God. It's okay to magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Amen. Then they prayed them to tarry certain days. You know what? When you get full of the Holy Ghost, you'll want to stay. You'll want to stay. You'll not want to go home. You're not going to want to quit. You're not wanna going to turn around. Keep that fire burning. That's what's going to keep you living for God. All right. Let's look at Acts 19, 1 and 7. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I ask you that question today. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Amen. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto then were you unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized. They didn't argue about the scripture. 
They obeyed the scripture. Amen. We got too many people trying to argue about the scripture. They just re gladly received it. They gladly received it. Amen. There was no arguing about the word because the word is the word. He said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word is going to stand forever. Amen. And when, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, uh, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they did what? They spake with tongues and prophesied. They didn't quit on the day of Pentecost. It's still being poured out today. Still being poured out today. It didn't stop back then. And even though this one is not written or mentioned in the Bible, it is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. On March the 16th, 1969, 54 years ago, God filled me with the Holy Ghost and fire, with the evidence of speaking in tongues just like they did in the Bible. Did you hear me? I said, it's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you got the Holy Ghost, it got written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't care what the devil says. He'll never be able to erase it. The day you prayed through, God wrote it down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let all hell come against you. You stand upon it. Get your birthday down and write it in the Word and say, this is the day that I got a devil and I ain't giving it up. I ain't turning it loose. I'm going to remember Mind you, 54 years ago, I'm 73 right now, 54 years ago at 19 years of age, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me it ain't for the young people. Don't tell me it ain't for the middle age. Don't tell me it ain't for you, mama. Oh, God, it's for whosoever will. Let him come. Somebody clap unto the Lord and give him some praise. I'm closing with this. If you have never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, this is your day. You may not understand it, neither did I. When I fell into that old altar, I told him, I said, I don't know nothing about the Holy Ghost. I don't even know how to get it. You know what the pastor's wife told me? She said, just start saying the name of Jesus. That's what I did from the depths of my heart. And you know what? He came down and he went in. He said, I don't want to just be in you or with you, but I want to be in you. Sister Dale, he's still in there. Sometimes it gets so strong I can't contain him. I have to run. I have to shout hallelujah. And, but where I'm running, I'm going to leave some Jesus there. Amen. When I'm shouting, I'm going to leave some Jesus there. Pastor said here a while back, I, I told Brother Richie, he shouted all the time. He said, I'm a shouting every service for Richie. And I have not seen him miss a service, every service. He shouts because Richie shouted. Amen. Even when he didn't feel like it, even when he couldn't hardly walk, he would get up and run and shout. If he can do it, me and you can too. Hear the Lord I hand praise.
God bless you. So glad you're here today. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them that you're glad to see them today.